0: There's nothing like it. The booming John Williams score, the larger-than-life Star Wars font, and the opening crawl. This is the moment that penetrates the screen and transfers the audience into a galaxy far, far away. It's one of the many staples of Star Wars films, and it's hard to imagine these movies any other way. But what about the films outside of the Skywalker saga? Are these foundations for the franchise critical in future projects? Should every Star Wars movie have an opening crawl? We're talking about all of this and so much more on today's episode. You're listening to Han Talks First. So who talks first? You talk first? I talk first. Take two. Welcome. You're listening to Han Talks First. I am Han, the host of the latest and greatest Star Wars podcast in the galaxy. This is episode 154. And happy you could join us today. We're, of course, talking about... The opening crawl of Star Wars, should it be applied to every movie, yes or no, feel free to share your thoughts in the comment section or hit us up on social media, and we'll try to get to everyone today. If you're watching live, thanks for joining us. We've got a great show planned, and I am joined by a guest who's been on the show before. This is Dean of Four-Legged Gamer. How are you doing today, my friend?
1: Hello again.
0: <laughs> Uh, This is the third time we're saying hello, (laughs) and I can hear you now. So what happened was I had, I had, I play the stream on my phone to make sure it's playing okay, and my AirPods connected to my phone as I played it, and it disconnected from my computer, (laughs) and I couldn't hear anything, and then I tried to reconnect, but my computer was like, no, (laughs) so we're good now, but anyway, thanks for joining us on the show, Dean. It's been a long time. It's and, been a while. But we'll get to see more of you soon, because you're my co-host for the Mando Talk Show, which and should be Boba. coming around. Boba, Boba. And Boba. is this? Are you <laughs> campaigning for your... <laughs> yeah, I can't wait for that either. Well, That's
1: Mandalorian, funny. basically that is season three now, because they pushed us back, but it is, it is what it is.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. That's definitely right. So, me and Dean are going to be talking to you guys today about, of course, the opening crawl, as the title of this podcast suggests, but we're also discussing some news I brought some stuff to the table as well as Dean, and we're going to talk about a bunch of great things going on in the world. So let's just jump right into some of the news. So there is a a rumor going around, not really a rumor, but it's, it's kind of interesting to talk about. So one of the directors of the upcoming Marvel films, Chloe Zhao, recently was being interviewed by Empire on her work in independent film, and of course, the upcoming Marvel film, and she kept referencing Star Wars in her interview. And it got to the point where the interviewer was like, you know, you've been talking about Star Wars, like you've brought it up like five or six times. Are you going to make a Star Wars movie at some point? And so this is what she had to say when asked that question. So she said, Hmm, I have to tread very carefully with what I say here. She laughs. Yes, let's just say it's a world I have so much reverence for because it was such an important part of my life. So she didn't directly say, yes, she's making a Star Wars movie, but the fact that she said she has to tread very carefully here could suggest that she is in talks with Lucasfilm to potentially bring a new film to the galaxy far, far away. So for those of you who don't know much about Chloe Zhao, Uh, She's been an independent filmmaker for a long time. And uh, most recently, she's won the Academy Award for Best Director for her film Nomadland, which me and Chris watched and we both enjoyed very much. And now she's going on and she's already directed the new Eternals movie for Marvel, which is supposed to be, as insiders at Marvel has said, is the best film they've ever made. She's getting a lot of a lot of attention recently in Hollywood and she's also made other great independent films, award-winning films. I don't think she's made a film that hasn't won some kind of award for best direction. I like to refer to her as the magic hour director, because if you look at any of her films, you see she has a very specific tone to them and it's usually shot during what we call magic hour, which is the sunset of the day when the, the sun is like really, really key lighting and, kind of pink in some spaces, but so could she be coming to direct a Star Wars movie? I would be so down for this, but Dean, have you did you hear about this Chloe out comment? Do you have any thoughts about her and I guess her upcoming Eternals movie? Or what are your thoughts?
1: See, I don't know too much about her, but I know the Eternals. So I did know the name. Um I think that you're a hundred percent right that it's definitely she's in the Star Wars universe somehow, some way. Um but I would definitely say eternals based on just the trailers so far because there haven't been really too many leaks around that and they're an unknown but i won't say they're unknown but i don't know too much about the internals so that's gonna be my first really dive into them and that movie's gonna say a lot on how she can build out her own universe in a way just because i know that she has the guide in the marvel comics but still the Eternals are just so little known that she can use whatever inspiration she wants up from here to here. And you know that that's what Star Wars has become through Disney in the first place is let's go off of legends and build out and make her own story off legends. So I do think that how she does there will scream miles on how well she can make a Star Wars movie because I am expecting Eternals. I don't know about Shang-Chi after seeing that because that's my movie of the year right now. Originally I was thinking originally I was thinking Eternals was going to be my movie of the year so, depending on how that goes, I may just be completely already sold. To give her the next saga, all nine movies. Like depending on how Eternals is.
0: <laughs> so here's here's the thing. Every, like everyone at Marvel and and Disney executives have been raving about this movie, saying, of course, it's the best film Marvel has ever made. And there is also a you know they've been Kevin Feige himself has been saying even during the press tour for Shang Chi, has been saying wait till you see Eternals. Yeah. Wait till Eternals wins Best Picture. Now that wasn't him saying that Shang Chi is a bad movie. He obviously loves that one too. But the fact that he just keeps talking about this movie during other Marvel films press tours like Black Widow and then he and then Shang Chi. And so I think this movie is going to be great and different. And you know since they snatched her up before she won the Academy Award, they're probably going to want to hang on to her for as long as they can. And there's also someone else in the Marvel Universe making a Star Wars film, and that person is Kevin Feige. So could potentially this be the director that he could be working with on his Star Wars film? And I would think
1: everything that you just said, I think it just automatically ties that together. Um, I don't think there's any other question that this is Feige's movie. Because if he's talking of Eternals for, what, it's been six, eight months he's been talking of Eternals? There's no way he's not going to lock her down to make sure he looks good for his Star Wars movie.
0: Right. And if any of you go and listen or watch or read the interview with Empire that she had, she did. She brought up Star Wars several times and said how influential it was to her when making not just Eternals, but every movie she's made before. There's another movie of hers called The Writer, which I saw a long time ago. And that one's great too. Her her movies, this is just to give you an example of what a Chloe's Out Star Wars could be like. They're about, they're definitely character focused. She is a character director. You even see that with Nomad Land. It, it's really less about plot and more about character development. And with her types of films, it's also about relationships with other people. And it's less focused on story, more on the character. So I think that's That could be what Star Wars could need in the future is more character focused stuff, especially we'll get into this later since they're trying to go away from the saga films and do their own Star Wars adjacent films and try to make something new and different. So I think this could be a great thing. And the last thing I'll say about this, this is my theory. I think Chloe Zhao after Eternals, I believe she's making Avengers 5. I think she's the director greenlit for it. And then I think she's doing Star Wars, but that's just my theory based on what Kevin Feige has been saying about her.
1: And it's not but, a bad theory just because Eternals is already almost an Avengers movie with that cast. So right, she's already used to work, working with a ton of big names at once.
0: And it's funny because she, she comes from a background of not making these big bombastic blockbuster films, yet she just jumped into Marvel and apparently had no issues. And, in talks to potentially do a star wars film so it's good to see but marvel has done that throughout all their history bringing in independent people and kind of bringing them into hollywood more so interesting to see if you guys have thoughts on it let us know in the comments or in the live chat and we'll address it to you we'll address you guys soon um but dean actually has some star wars related news that he wanted to bring up some of which we talked about last week but dean i'll let you have the floor tell us what you know
1: So a few leaks have come out and as you can see right here. Yeah, I got that right. Sweet. Um, As you can see there with the gamer part, um, my ears always on the ground with games and definitely definitely the Star Wars stuff. As you can see there, all those are collection edition games behind the statues. Um, When it comes to games, this one is basically confirmed already. Not, I don't know if we have a release date yet that I may have missed, but we are getting on the switch at least. And I believe PlayStation four maybe Xbox, but PS4 and Switch um, confirmed, pretty sure. On the Korean ratings boards, the dual packs of Pod Racer and Commander Republic, and then a few other Star Wars games like um, the Jedi Outcast series, those have been confirmed to get physical dual pack releases that you should be able to buy in Best Buy. They may already be up for pre-order. This leaked uh, last week. Then also last week, KOTOR, the original. I know that everybody's talking about the KOTOR remake for the PS5. KOTOR, the original one, it will be coming to, I believe, just the Switch or Switch and PS4. I'm sorry. Um, Han, I know that you have the Xbox, so a lot of this <laughs> you're just being shunned by have Microsoft, apparently. Um, but you'll be able to get KOTOR on the Switch. I think it's already out or it comes out at the end of the month. And I will say this is speculation now, not confirmation or anything. Limited Run Games, who is the ones who make the Clutch Edition behind me, they almost always make physical versions and collection editions of Star Wars games for when they release on the Switch digitally. So you should be able to go find those on their website, not trying to plug them. I just love their stuff, quality stuff, and being Star Wars nerds that we are, it's one of those I have to have it since I have a Switch and I collect games. So just wanted to send that out there of if KOTOR, because I know K- KOTOR is near and dear to almost everyone, probably in the chat's heart, everyone related to right. Star Wars at all, there probably will be a clutch edition of KOTOR from them. So just keep an eye on Twitter, follow their Twitter. It's a great group of guys, small business as well. So I definitely, if you like Star Wars stuff and KOTOR, I'm expecting that pretty soon.
0: Cool. I have a question for you regarding KOTOR, the remake. So yeah, in the in their announcement, they did say exclusively for PlayStation, um, but then they later announced it was also coming out for uh, PC as well. But yep. I heard someone saying that, you know, it's just a limited exclusive release, and then it I'm the one who told you that.
1: Be... <laughs> I'm the one who told you that. Um, there's no I, way yeah. that PlayStation is paying that much. Um, Final, uh, wow,. Final, Final Fantasy VII. that is feels like a PlayStation exclusive, but it's on Xbox. They had it for a year timed exclusivity. For certain games, it's too big of a game for anybody to be able to say, "This is mine only." like Nintendo ponies up and will buy those games. Sony will pony up and buy those Xbox. Microsoft will do the same, but certain games, they're just going to say, if you want this exclusive to yours, they're going to ask for an arm and a leg and a foot. And I know the other foot on the other leg you didn't give. Um, So I just don't see, I think you may have to wait a year. I'm I'm not going to deny that. If it comes out, let's say tomorrow, you're going to have to wait until 2022 at the same time. I'm not going to say that. But that's my guess is, there's a limited time exclusivity because they did that with Destiny for a few months. They've done it all over the place when Sony does this. Sony only really has exclusives when it's something they built in-house, and this game is not built in-house.
0: So when that, when that happens, that's just... there. There's no market advantage to that for the company? That's just one, like, Sony purchasing oh, the rights for a full year or something?
1: And, but it's a marketing advantage, plus it's also... Think about it this way when final fantasy comes out even though it was always going to sell better on sony because those two are tied together um if the console is gonna let's say that game is going to sell 10 million units in its lifetime just for example 10 million units let's be honest usually those sales the first half of those sales are the first few months that a game comes out so if i had the exclusivity for a year at least 5 million of those 10 million were sold directly on my console. And then after that, let's say it's a 50-50 split between Xbox and PlayStation. I sold 7.5 um, 7. million units. Xbox only got two and a half. And if I'm making $30 per unit, I'm, that, that one-year exclusivity was totally worth it. And that's why it's going to work that way is because you get the majority of the sales because the hype when the game released is what matters, not how it does at the end of the day.
0: Okay interesting yeah. well, and then i guess the last thing i want to ask is it is it just lucasfilm games working on the remake or is there another studio involved
1: um always lucasfilm games unfortunately does, Arts does not do anything anymore they will act as um kind of a story guidance but that's yeah. it now aspire games is who's making this aspire has done all the remakes or not all the remakes all the ports of the old games to the switch and the play on um, playstation 4 yeah um The one interesting part is KOTOR Remake. This is Aspire's first true dive into something massive. And I've always liked those developers. They've always done good stuff, but this is a massive project for them to take on as their first big project. But I will say, all their ports are seamless. And even to get a port running smoothly, everybody's going to say, I know that this is getting to the developer side of me right now, but everybody's going to say it's easy to pick up this game and then move it here. It doesn't work that way. And... They've done a fantastic job with every port they've ever done.
0: Very cool. Well, I know a lot of our listeners are really excited about that game. And uh, for any of you who listen on the audio platform, I have a poll running right now on on Spotify only. So I know most of you listen on Apple. But if you go to Spotify, there's a poll going that says, you know, what is your favorite um, Knights of the Old Republic character? And you could submit your answers there. So head on over to the Spotify page and join the poll so we can share those results. And we're going to do one every week. So um, if you are a Spotify listener, check those out. They're at the bottom of your screen. Before we get into the main topic, just going to say hello to some people who joined us today. Of course, Max is here. Robin, Mr. High Ground, Care Bear is all here. Good to see you guys. Thanks for joining us today. And I see some of you are sending in your thoughts, Max talking about Chloe Zhao. Maybe Chloe, don't know if I wrote the name right. You did. Good job. Directs the movie from Kevin Feige or she gets her own. So yeah, we were just talking about that. So um it could be one or the other, but I think it's a safe bet to say it might be Kevin Feige. Robin says would love to see what she would do in a Star Wars, the magic hour golden pink tones would be right at home and stunning. Kind of reminiscent of Tatooine. the Tatooine. <laughs> yeah, and Luke after his You know, Aunt and Uncle turned to Skelebones. Um, And yes, it looks like some people are already talking about the opening crawl. So we will just jump right into the opening crawl topic. So this was something that I've been wanting to talk about for a while. And I'm glad that I was just kind of waiting for someone to join me so we could get um, other opinions. And luckily, me and Dean have... Slightly different. Slightly, slightly different <laughs> answers on the main question, should every Star Wars movie have an opening crawl? So I just want to start off by saying, you know, all great franchises have something that is special to them involving the opening of a film. Not all of them, but a good majority. I mean, if you think about Marvel films, they have the fanfare that plays on the beautiful Marvel logo with all the characters in the text that have been in previous movies. Then there's things like James Bond that have the classic opening with the circles, and then James Bond walks into frame and shoots the camera, and the blood runs down, and each franchise has their own major theme that goes along with it. Well, one of Star Wars is the opening crawl, which has been synonymous with the whole entire Skywalker saga for the longest time. and But it also is featured widely in many other different mediums of Star Wars entertainment. Not just the movies, but it's also been in things like video games. And yes, even in the books. The the first time it was shown in the books was, um, I think it was oh, Dark Side of the Empire, something like that. One of, one of the earlier novels. I forgot the name of it. But what is the point of the opening crawl? Well, originally, it was based off, obviously, the old serials back in the 30s and 40s buck rogers and flash gordon and it was kind of taken from those and george lucas just decided to use it for his picture but it also set the scene for the action that was to come and it was a great way to relay the backdrop of the events that were unfolding in a new hope because he started in the middle of this massive story that he wanted to tell and it was, it, And ever since then, he's just used it every time in all, the, in all the Skywalker films, and it's always been something that people look forward to at the beginning of a movie. And I wanted to start off by talking about mine and Dean's kind of favorite opening crawl. And if you guys have any of yourself, put it in the chat. I would love to hear what your thoughts are. So each crawl is a little different, and they all tell a different story. But for me, my favorite is actually from The Force Awakens. And the f- just the, the first line, Luke Skywalker has vanished. And it might also be because of that long wait period we had between films to finally get to see Star Wars again that kind of makes that my favorite. But that was one of the... Everyone's waiting for Luke Skywalker, and then when you see Luke Skywalker has vanished, okay, that's going to be the plot of this movie, finding out where he is. I thought it was great, and it really just brought me back into the universe and it it was so immersive but do you what's your favorite crawl do you have one or do you have a few
1: so i have two my favorite crawl is actually the rise of skywalker i really liked kind of similar to you your luke vanish piece how it's like the emperor has risen like that that part is what spoke to me then um my joke also what i was dead speak yes the dead speak Thank you. yep i i loved that then um Also, I want to chime in as a joke, just because I know you've been reading a few of the comics. Um, Basically, my thought process was the crawl is explain what the comics um, happened in the comics. Um, But basically, (laughs) basically, my second favorite is actually Rogue One because the way that they led into it, you expected it, you expected it, then it was lid opens. Wait, because there's no crawl? the way they surprised you with it. And this is why I said that this is going to be my segue because it was actually my, like, there wasn't a crawl. This is my segue because it was like, I sat down, like, whenever, like, I'm in a Star Wars movie. Usually the first time I watch it, it's not me lean back comfy. Usually I'm watching it like this, like everything. So, like, as soon as the screen went dark, I was like, okay, time to read. And then it was, oh, oh, it, it just completely, like, I avoided all spoilers. And it just completely threw me off. I heard the rumors that it may not be one, but the way the screen went black and the way they handled it, I was just waiting for Star Wars. And then it was just started. And I really enjoyed that because it's the surprise element.
0: Do you guys like how I asked him what his favorite crawl is? And he said the one without a crawl. <laughs> <laughs> Typical answer, but okay. So yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll get into that. But um, I just wanted to also mention that, you know, Looking at the crawls from the original trilogy and the prequels and the sequels, they're all like extremely different like the prequel crawls are awful yeah I they're went the worst. Back and i I read all of the crawls before doing this show, and reading the prequel ones were like just completely useless information not not, like not the, trying
1: to get into politics here but it or the Howard News or whatever it is. It was like you were trying to like it, it felt like A news article about boring trade that's what it was yeah (laughs) the
0: trade federation is you know mad that blah 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 but it was like stuff that not even like if if these movies were indeed made for children george children didn't understand the opening crawl for the prequels at least in the original trilogy as a kid you can understand what's going on there's a big giant circle in the sky that kills people it's essentially what they say and it's called a death star they were easy to understand it has death in the name exactly (laughs) The pre, even like the Revenge of the Sith one, it starts off with war. But then everything after that is kind of like, okay, but I still don't know what's going on.
1: To, to defend those crawls a little bit, that's when Lucas was trying to make it more about current times. And at current times that those movies were coming out, he was writing basically actual news articles for what was going on when you and I were growing up. It, it's a weird way to look at it, but yeah. it, he was... Yeah, that is true. The prequels were just alluding to our growing up life. And I don't know if yeah. Lucas was trying to like tell us, hey, this stuff is going on. I don't know if that was him trying to subtly hint to our generation. I, I don't know. I don't know. But th- th- those movies, in my opinion, were almost political satire in a way. Like they were Star Wars. but There was also political satire in them, if you ask me. Like the Definitely. way I was views the prequels.
0: <laughs> and it's, I'm sure a lot of thought was put into it. I mean, J.J. himself said that one of the longest things he spent time with making Force Awakens was the opening crawl and trying to figure out what to say. And yeah, they're just, they're unique. And, but I see a lot of people are starting to talk about it. We'll get to your comments soon. Uh, Sith Carabar actually mentioned that Clone Wars has the opening war broadcast that was basically was a crawl. Yeah, so it was a crawl, but it was just in spoken war, in spoken word. And that's another way that is kind of been adapted. Another way was in Solo, where they still had opening text, but it just wasn't in a crawl format. But it, it was a little bit, fit the tone of that movie what they were going for and it kind of felt more like a war drama a war film the way it did it in that movie so going into before we talk about solo i want to get into what you were talking about with rogue one so rogue one was the first movie in star wars to retire the crawl and just jump right into it not even have the star wars text on the screen but it did have a long time ago in a galaxy far far away so that's another question we can ask too. Is that synonymous with the crawl or can it also just just use that to help transport the audience? But the thing about Rogue One was I don't think that movie needed a crawl because it was the opening crawl of A New Hope. The movie is the story from A New Hope. Even uh, John Knoll, the guy who wrote this this story, said he took it from the opening crawl of A New Hope. So that's kind of like... It's not needed to have a crawl there because it is its own story and an in-between, an anthology film, etc. But the thing about Rogue One is... Let me get my notes here because I wrote some stuff down. So the main point of its omission of the crawl in Rogue One was designed to emphasize a difference between the Skywalker saga and these anthology films. Yet... Even though they were trying to differentiate from Skywalker sagas, they still used legacy characters such as Darth Vader, Grand Admiral Tarkin, and even Princess Leia. So even though it was trying to be something different and not use the crawl, it still brought in those main characters. So that kind of defeats the purpose for me, even though I still think the crawl didn't need to be there. I just think the reasoning behind why wasn't necessary. So you said it works for you. I want you to elaborate more on Rogue One and how you felt just going straight into the movie
1: so it just kind of felt like you're diving straight into the action um it, it melted it not melt well it made it feel like it was more of a modern movie which i think we can all agree that star wars is obviously my favorite movie series of all time but there are what? still part there <laughs> there are still <laughs> parts of it that feel like it need to be brought up to current time um and i i don't and i feel like the sequels, they brought it there, but it was like in a Marvel movie, since that's kind of the pinnacle of any movie series that anybody wants to be right now, they don't have anything like The Crawl leading into it. They just jump straight into it. And yeah, I I don't want to say bye to The Crawl. I, I believe that Saga needs it. Games need it. But I feel like certain spinoffs, it's just jump straight into it. Tell us what happened to Rogue One and what led to new hope so for me i, I and it was just a surprise element I, I think that's really what made it where because i wouldn't mind it being a surprise of does this one ever crawl does it not and then having them kind of fake you out like they did with rogue one because they did fake me out like i was like okay and then oh wow okay and i i leaned back kind of in shock because as i said first time i watch i'm like this yeah me too then, And then second time I watch, it's like, okay, now I get to relax and actually just enjoy. (laughs) Hopefully enjoy.
0: (laughs) One thing you were saying, it kind of sounded to me like you were, the the crawl is kind of like a product of its time, not necessarily being old, but it's, it, it doesn't, you know, not many movies do that today.
1: It's not needed anymore. Yeah. So in like, it makes it feel like give me the spinoffs because in Mandalorian, we we don't really, we have a, a little bit of a crawl, right? Like the one paragraph i'm now yeah isn't it a long like time or something like that yeah, yeah. so like i'm kind of I, i'm not against the crawl by any means but like i feel the saga must have it spin spinoffs i wouldn't mind surprises just change it up on me make it where it's all of a sudden this is a joke but make it the news article real since people are talking about um NATO reports and things like that in the chat right now make it the old timey um, World War II news article spinning, and then it lands on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> right. don't, don't do that one now. Is, is that Luke from Citizen of... Kane? Is that who
0: started that? I think so. Okay.
1: <laughs> don't um... do that, but...
0: <laughs> uh, Josh in the chat says, I feel like the crawl is needed for any film that needs a certain amount of context before going in. While Rogue One had none, Solo did have a brief paragraph to set the stage. So I, I agree I, with, I agree with, I, I
1: think, um, I think Josh says that best because that's my mindset as well. It, it's, as you said, no context, but my, what I mentioned earlier, the crawl is to explain what happened in the comics. Yeah. That is what the crawls for. Rogue one didn't have comics leading up to it. It's And I know that the comics weren't a thing really when the originals came out or anything like that. Like the comic world that we have now was not the same. Like war of the bounty hunters wasn't going on. And how that's going to tie into Mando and things like that? Who knows. Um, man, it's and that's well before Mando's time, by the way. Just as I mentioned that, but I still feel like we could tie it into Mando somehow. But yeah, to me, it's if there's comics or books in between, you need the crawl. If it's just here's my own new area, give us a crawl. If it's supposed to be the start of a new saga, but if it's not, then have at it. Go straight into the action.
0: Definitely. Uh, we have a, someone saying their favorite opening crawl. Max says his favorite opening crawl is from A New Hope just because I think the theme sounds the best in A New Hope. And I think it tells a great story. Interesting. So it's funny you mentioned that. The theme, the opening fanfare is actually different in every single Star Wars film. And I do think the A New Hope one is is the best one. Some, some would say Empire, but uh, I do like the original A New Hope. And then the Phantom Menace one is actually very different as well. So thanks for thanks for sharing. If anyone else has their favorite opening crawl, let us know in the chat. Merck, welcome says that the Kotor crawl is the best out of all of them. I don't remember the Kotor crawl. Was it just was it just like the um the Skywalker it, it was,
1: films? Yeah, they they made that. It was I think it was actually longer than most of them. Like I want to say it went on for a couple like maybe a minute or two. Um but basically it was leading up giving us a little bit about Raven, if memory serves correct, a little bit uh, about Bastille, and then um, kind of just setting up who you are and the um, scoundrel group that you're a part of in the beginning.
0: Yeah, and he makes a good point. He says it's to help you understand what's going on because it's 4,000 years before BBY. Yep. Before Battle of Yavin. So that's a good point, too, because it's a time period no one knows. Should I call
1: you out for my Twitch name now, since they said (laughs) BBY?
0: Okay, yeah, go ahead. Say what happened.
1: All right, so before I signed into Twitch, and um, basically I was like, oh, somehow I got the name Skywalker ABY. And then I I go, all right, now I'm going to quiz you. What's ABY saying for? I was like, my wife makes sense not knowing it. And then, what was your guess? You said A wing, B wing, Y wing, and why wing. It makes sense. <laughs> and I was like, I just stared at you, and I was like, no. After Battle of Yavin.
0: I know. I was. Yeah, I'm. I'm stupid for a second. <laughs> anyway, now that you all know I'm a fake, uh, let's address the the main questions. So, should maybe not every. But should Star Wars movies in the future have an opening crawl? so my answer is obviously i think I think yes, I do think there are situations where it's not necessary. Rogue One being a great one, but all other films that whether it's Skywalker Saga or not, I do think it's important to have the crawl i think it's I think then, it's almost necessary
1: let let me ask this then let's say the comics and everything that leads up so let's say they did um Advent, which is what. Takes place directly before Empire Strikes Back, if memory serves strike? Yes. Let's say they turn Advent into a movie. Do that does not need a crawl? That way we can kind of play it the same way as Rogue One, where I know in the comments somebody said, I believe it was Josh, said Rogue One was the crawl of New Hope. Do you yeah. think if they made a movie out of the crawl, do they need to make a crawl for the crawl? So
0: No. <laughs> not if it's being if it's a movie made out out of the crawl (laughs) but here's here's why my answer is is yes we need it like i think it's one of the biggest mistakes Lucasfilm made going forward and part of my reason is they're trying to make and what they're calling anthology films or recently they've been saying star wars stories what really bothers me is every time a new star wars project come out it says this is star wars visions this is Star Wars Andor. this is Star Wars, a solo A Star Wars story. Everything has Star Wars in it. Yes, I understand brand recognition is a thing and it brings audiences in. But I think you could keep a crawl, but ditching the Star Wars at the beginning of every single title. And here here is an example why. So ditching the crawl, it's telling the audiences we're making Star Wars adjacent films and you're setting these anthology films apart from the Skywalker saga, which would make some people think that these are less important, or in other words inferior films. That it's not necessary viewing to understand what's going on in episodical films, which is partly true, but it's almost labeling it as not important and for understanding and viewing this full galaxy. And I also just think it's synonymous with Star Wars. Like when I when I put it on and open it, I expect to see the booming opening text and the star wars theme going along with it and i but I, I do understand that you know there's there's projects that it's not necessary but for me it kind of sounds it just feels like oh these aren't these aren't these are inferior to a skywalker film for example but they can't keep doing skywalker films they can't keep doing episode 10 11 12 etc everything should feel just as important and i'll hear your thoughts
1: I know I completely get what you're saying, but part of me I'm gonna bring up just because we were talking about Internals in the beginning, how I said that they're not that well known of a superhero group when it comes to the Marvel series. Yeah, the reason why people are gonna go see that is because Marvel Studios. It, it's not right. gonna be. I want to go see the Internals. If I knew nothing about it, never saw a trailer, I'm gonna be what's that? Like, do I? Why? Why should I care? And you, if you don't tell me Marvel, I, I'm gonna think it's some Benjamin Button type <laughs> movie. Um so that that's my only thing like my only retort there is Lucasfilm isn't Star Wars Studio. It is now Rise. A a fan knows. But just because it says Lucas Films Han Solo and or say let's say Lucas Films pick um some random character, let's say um Greedo. Didn't be as Greedo we know, but a casual fan may know. So it's one of those is somebody gonna go see a movie called Greedo? It it sounds like a um probably a mafia type movie, not gonna deny that. But who's who's really gonna go out and see that without having that Star Wars in front of it? If it says Lucas Films, if you don't know, you don't know. And nobody's right. gonna want to go see it.
0: Uh, I'm loving the comments. Merck says we are fucking nerds talking about the crawl. <laughs> <laughs> how how we're such losers, we're talking about the the opening crawl at the beginning of a movie. That's, that's how we roll. Uh, Rural <laughs> Farm Boy, good to see you, buddy. He says, in my opinion, depends on whether the storyteller feels their story should have a crawl. That is actually a great a great point, because yep. if it, George Lucas felt his movies needed a crawl, but if someone like Patty Jenkins comes in and is like, this is a standalone film, but I want you to feel, I want you to learn where we are, what's going on, in the movie, during the movie, not in some opening text. I want them to be surprised. So that, that's a good example because it's the storyteller's story to tell. Yeah, and if they exactly. feel it doesn't need it, I agree. I, I don't think we need it if, if that's the case. But that's another question is like the upcoming movies, Taika Waititi and Patty Jenkins, and any other movies that are upcoming. Do you think do you think we'll see a crawl in them or do you think they're just gonna do away with them and save them for Skywalker?
1: I think it's going to become an optional thing. And then saga is what's guaranteed them. I think when it comes to spinoffs, it's going to be up to the director. It's going to be up to possibly Lucasfilm may force the hand, but I I think it's going to be optional. And that's where I think it should be as optional because as I said, it puts you on the edge of your seat. You don't know what you're about to get. It it gives you that little bit more than just what the trailers kind of like try to tease you to come see the movie. It'll be, you don't even know as a Star Wars fan, am I going to be reading or am I going to be going like, oh, okay.
0: <laughs> I feel like it should be optional too, but there's a part of me that thinks Kathleen Kennedy is taking full control over that situation. She's the one who's like, no, you can't use a crawl there, even if you want to. For some reason, I just feel like she's <sighs> she's holding a button down on that. You don't think so?
1: Oh, no, I don't okay. like <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm giving thumbs <laughs> down. Okay,
0: I actually have not heard you say that. What? Why? This is kind of off topic, but what... What? Um
1: as the creative director of basically Lucas Films and I feel like the only people to do anything right are when um uh, Mando. Like um Favreau and Dave. Floney. there we go. I was like why am I blanking on his last name? Um and I was about to call you out for not <laughs> Hey I at least knew the first name. I um, know. Damn it. But basically it was like I don't I was so excited when Kennedy came on board because if memory serves correct, she's the person behind the Uncharted series on PlayStation, and they did the a video movie. game. Really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Otherwise, I'm thinking somebody else. Maybe I'm thinking of the EA person they brought on Uncharted. I'm not sure now. I may be talking about two different people. Regardless, EA's head of Star Wars and Kathleen Kennedy, I just don't like either of them. So they they, they just haven't let Star Wars be Star Wars, if you ask me especially in the gaming world what when we were growing up we got star wars game like three games a year and they were all either yeah. decent or amazing and then it, right. ea gets the license to themselves i'm sorry for going on this tangent i'll stop right after this um ea just releases one game over two three years yeah it's what? ridiculous. It's, it, it's you can easily sell 10 million copies of any game if it's got star wars yeah exactly. okay that's it uh, i'll so get I, off that horse so box <laughs> so
0: i didn't ask you that question in defense because i actually agree with you creatively i think she's kind of done a, a, a terrible job uh especially not just the movies but when it comes to the parks merchandise kind of everything i feel like she's kind of in over her head because i don't believe she is a major star wars fan uh, i believe she's just a good business runner and I'm, I'm sure the numbers game at lucasfilm is fantastic but creatively yeah i think it, there's some Issues for sure there so i just wanted to i just never heard you say that before so i'm interested to hear your opinion <laughs> on that um but as far as like the my last thoughts on the crawl so a part of me has kind of changed my mind because i didn't really have a discussion yet so yeah i think you know the crawl is definitely important uh it's it's to me it's it's still a staple and still something that i i want i want to see going into every movie but you're right if a if a situation like Rogue One comes out or a movie like Rogue One and I don't see the crawl, it's just going to surprise me even more and make me want to learn what's going on while I'm watching the story. So, you know, some of you in the chat brought up great points. It depends on the storyteller. if They feel it should be told. If it's if it's the crawl itself, if it was a previous crawl, then yeah, there's no point in in sharing that. But I think the one thing I would want is to have more... If we have crawls in the future, I want them to be more like... The Force Awakens. Less like the Phantom Menace. <laughs> so.
1: Yep. I, I agree. And then um one thing that I just want to chime in is Merck also said he thinks that most of the games had a crawl. Um I think it's like I would say almost every single one. Because, I think everyone has two. Yeah, like I even think ba- the latest battlefronts have the crawl. So and that game doesn't need a crawl because it's online only. Basically, yeah, yay, let's forget <laughs> single player. <laughs>
0: Uh, Merc, it's good to see you by the way. I haven't seen you in a, a live chat in a long time, so thanks for being here. They are all fans and no Star Wars, it makes all the difference with Marvel. Are you telling me Eternals is not a Star Wars movie? <laughs> okay, so we gave our last thoughts on the crawl. If you guys still have more things to say about it, let us know in the chat or just hit me up on social media. We'll we will talk to you there. Um, but Dean, you actually had some a great point to bring up for the last couple minutes of the show um so i recently did an episode talking about my experience to galaxy's edge at disneyland well dean recently went to disney world so he brought up the idea we kind of compare and contrast the differences between the two parks so i guess first off was this your first time at galaxy's edge or you've been before
1: no, remember I came to visit you and it was a month before Galaxy's Edge opened in Disneyland on the day that my wife and I went. I could that's only right. I could only go on the roller coaster and look over like that's Oh, right. it looks so good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so what were your first thoughts like being there at, at Disney World?
1: So the first thing so I, I got a good experience. I built a lightsaber while I was there. So I got in at Whoa.
0: Eight- Sorry. <laughs> it, it, it sounds like a shitty experience to me was
1: it okay building a lightsaber yeah it was amazing <laughs> the, the only thing i'll say that they did wrong was um you picked your color and you yeah. grabbed the kyber crystal what i rather would of them did, did and um disney please be watching now imagineers pay attention kyber crystals pick you right you don't pick the kyber crystal right i picked the kyber crystal What I'd rather them do is ask me when I'm going in, what color lightsaber blade do you want? Simple question. I say green. Have a green one drop down from the ceiling onto onto the place in front of me with a light glowing on it or something. LED claw, like, let's go Toy Story. The claw comes out and puts it down in front of you. Having it pick me would have made it where it felt more real. Instead, they were like holding this thing on, like, what color do you want? And then I was like, green. Like it didn't, it didn't feel as special. Like if I told them and then they brought it to me, that that'd be completely different. That'd be completely different. <laughs> okay. Do you have Do you have your lightsaber like behind you somewhere? Unfortunately, I don't. I had to ship it back. It was um too big to bring back on the airplane, oh, <laughs> so it's still in the mail. I was hoping to be back before today, but it wasn't.
0: Okay. Let me ask you about the the quality of the saber as compared to the ones that you could just purchase. Same. Like the... Same Is quality. It Is it?
1: The, um, the Rancor tooth on the bottom of my saber, um, that's the elemental style. The Rancor tooth is basically a thick, heavy duty resin that makes the tooth. Everything on is metal. And then where there's leather or wood feels, they give it a texture. The leather feel feels more like leather. The wood feel feels like a pleather. It's kind of weird. Um, but the quality is there.
0: So it's like 200 bucks. You get to go in and have that experience.
1: Yep. They give you a bag. It's a 20 minute, 30 minute show. It's really cool. And then since I got, I signed up for the 825 AM build, which the earth you do, I walked in and the park was empty. So I felt like I was in my own movie, like every corner. And that's the way they designed the place I walked in and it was like, now I'm in this alley. Now I'm in black, um, Blackshire post. I'm over here. It it was really just cool. And then randomly the TIE fighter sounds would come through. That'd be more in, entertaining if there was um other people there or some of the um cast members were like trying to hide or something i don't know but it was just all i felt like i was on a movie set kind of situation
0: and wait do you have the tie fighter and x-wings flying overhead at yours
1: no you have that disneyland
0: well they said that they would have that but i still have yet to see them i've been okay three times i think
1: they didn't have that um they had a few things that we discussed that they don't have, like the Rancor teeth up here that way. Yeah, that's right. That's a beer flight that you can get at Disney World. Then this cup right here is another exclusive drink. And then I got something else right there. That's a um, blue milk jug.
0: <laughs> yeah. And for any of you watching the video or listening, they don't have those at Disneyland. Uh, so that's kind of unique to Disney World. I was really jealous when you sent me a picture.
1: Are you I want me to, to grab them real quick or are you fine with them staying up there?
0: Yeah, bring the teeth down. Those are those are really cool.
1: I'm not going to bring... I'm only going to bring one of the teeth. They all look the same. It's on like a okay. wooden... It's on a fake wood thing. Let me grab one, and then since I'm up, I'll grab the indoor mug.
0: Yeah, so these these are great.
1: So basically, this is the Rancor tooth. Um, It is glass. I and love basically, that. they've it's a beer flight. You get to try each one of their signature beers that they have there, and then this is actually a lot like what's on the handle of my lightsaber if it was here. But yeah oh okay cool little thing the um actual shape of the liquid goes down to the tooth so i know that you can't really see that too well it looks like it stops but that tip down yeah. there at the bottom doesn't come all the way to the bottom then this is my favorite piece was um my wife saw this and then i was like okay we have to get this but basically it's the battle of indoor to on a mug
0: i love that too
1: and then all the ewoks on this side then chicken walker <laughs>
0: that's so cool and i was i was just telling dean earlier that when when i went and i ordered blue milk they give they give it to you in like a dixie cup you don't get a special mug or anything it's just a clear plastic cup and it was good the drink was good but it would have been cool to have like options to get collector's mugs like the ones you have that's really cool um huh oh they do oh i just didn't see it then um (laughs) So, what about uh, Rise? When you did the Resistance ride?
1: So for Rise, the first time I wrote it in my head, I was trying to figure out how it worked <laughs> because, like, I was like, "How'd they get me from here to here to here?" <laughs> like, that was it was really cool. Oh, like the though. mechanics of it. Yeah, the mechanics. Like, I, I, insane. I don't know how yours worked. I'm assuming that it's for the most part the same, if not down to the t- um, just every mo- motion you make. But like in the beginning of hours, you go into this little corridor and. Ray talks to you, BB-8s, handling the transmissions. Um, Then Poe Dameron sh- shows up on the screen. Does that sound like part one of the three-part ride? Yep. All right. Then after that, that's where like that's where I understood how I got to where I was. And I did love how they brought in all the cast, because that that's what made it feel real. Because if it was like Ray, the cast member that's on the balcony right now, since we're during COVID times, if it was somebody like acting as Ray, I would have been like, Okay, this just ruined the um the experience where I feel like I'm part of the movie, and then um, the, the
0: hologram itself of Ray was so I didn't see any glass or anything. I don't know how they made that.
1: Um, if you get at the right angle on mine, like where I stood, and it could have been my height as well, um, it looked to be an X of basically clear film, and that's how they're making it look the 3D. Oh, it
0: did. I couldn't. I was right up close. I didn't see that.
1: I stood just at the right angle, and then bb-8 moved and then a light glimmer just right where i saw it for like maybe a few seconds and i was like, okay they're doing that um which that's the only thing that would make sense but i was looking for a tv or something that she was projected on but it was more so they were doing the x hologram look to make things look 3d then after that did for yours did you walk out of that corridor into the um transportation ship and then, like, there's Poe Dameron supposed to be sitting right there. Yeah, yeah. Did they have Poe moving in yours? Uh, inside, no. I, I, I don't know if it was me walking because you know how they're yelling at you, "Hurry up, hurry up!" Because that yeah line is always the longest line in the park. Um, I don't know if it was me walking, but it looked like Poe was like leaning forward in mine like moving a little bit, like the animatronic may, inside may have been doing this rather than sitting still. Oh, okay. And then yeah. you go in, and then that's where my mind kind of got blown. Of how would I get into the building? Like I know that I was on a track that they probably pulled us back in, but it was like all of it felt like we were going forward. So like, <laughs>
0: I know it's like once you get onto that uh, that the first trip. ship that takes you in, yeah, and or get you get pulled in by the tractor band, It I have no idea either because it, it felt it's like, like bit it was a mind piece. Like it's like yeah. how
1: do you get me here?
0: <laughs> I was trying to find the video because uh, I shared a video. On a previous stream but I, I can't find it but i i am making a video of of the ride um like i'm cutting together some pieces to show on my channel so if um maybe check back later this week guys and you'll see it but it is it's it's like probably the best ride i've ever been on i don't know how it works like the, watch the cart them, that you're the, in
1: watch the disney world 50th um tv show They break down basically Walt Disney's life in the final episode. is talking about um, Rise of Resistance. They break it down a little bit. So Um, Disney Plus? Yep. It's basically Celebrating the 50 Years or something is the name of it. I don't know the exact name. Um, Lindsay was watching it. And basically she had me watch the final episode with her because she knew I was going to love it. Because it was Star Wars for the last 15, 20 minutes. What did Lindsay think of the ride? Oh, she thought it was awesome.
0: Like was she like, even though she's not that huge into Star Wars was she like still kind of blown away by the mechanics of it?
1: She was. And, And like it felt like Kylo was really chasing you down and things like that. Yeah. Um how many cars go through at once in your ride? Two. Two, okay. Were you in the front or the back each time?
0: We were in the were we in the back?
1: On our ride. And by the back I mean which car were you in? Not like if you were in the back seat of the one car, but were you in the back car that would leave the little safe, you're being saved area first, or the front car of leaving the saved area.
0: So it was it was weird because we started off both at the same time, parallel to each other. But then at some moments they oh, were ahead of us. Parallel. And then at some point okay. we were in front. They kept switching. So that's what we, was really cool too.
1: We were in the same car each time. We kept switching. What I realized on our ride. So I assume you drive underneath an at for a second, and then yeah. you like go back. So on hours, what I realized was. We rode in the same car twice. So on my second ride, I was looking at what the other car was doing because I was interested to like see what the differences they were getting. And I started noticing on hours we backed into the elevator and it took us up and we were face to face with the at, which awesome. Awesome because that they felt like I was in front that of was a legit at. In the other one, I noticed on at least at Disney World, you're on the side of the at-at. So, and I don't know what's shooting at you over there, oh. but my, my guess is only that the cargo door is down on the, at, and there's a storm trooper there with a turret shooting at you. Wait, they actually, don't have a face.
0: There's two different places you can go then because we were on the side. You we were on yeah. The side so of the there's we of the There's
1: two different ways you can go. I went the same there's way each time elevators. where I was, where I was face, 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 face with that. There's two elevators because on my second ride, I was like, where are they going? Where are they going? Because I realized they weren't around me on the elevator. So I was like, what's different here? My, my guess is the stormtroopers on the other end shooting a turret at you. While on the other side, which I think is the better side, you have the AT-AT just firing at you. And it's really cool being face-to-face with an AT-AT.
0: So on our side, we actually got to see Finn. And he was hiding behind some barricades. Finn, Finn was on our barricades. side as well. Finn was oh, okay. hiding
1: behind barricades as well on our side. So they probably have oh, okay. two few mannequins. Just one yeah. where I would never see, but you would if you were in the other car. And because if you're being shot at from the cargo ship side, they probably have two Kylo Wrens on each side of Hux and then basically oh, Hux right. in the middle. Oh, yeah. That, makes that sense. way Hux is always seen. And then that's why Hux doesn't turn. It's only Kylo. Yeah. And Kylo does opposite turns and then you run away. So they're making it where each side has their own story, but you're either being shot at by the AT or you're being shot at by a turret is my guess. I don't even know what the other side looks like. I'm guessing it's a turret.
0: It was a turret, yeah. Okay, so... They probably meet at some point. Or, they do or meet. They,
1: then you meet. Then you meet um, with Kylo grabbing both of them and doing that number thing.
0: That's right. I yeah. remember now. So oh, you, yeah, you step
1: right at the elevator and you re-meet when Kylo grabs you.
0: Right is insane, man. I can't yeah. believe you got to do it twice. <laughs> I don't know. How did you do that? Do you have to deal um, with the virtual cues?
1: No, the virtual cues went away. It was just the lines get really short at the end of the day. The, the, the queue... Wow. If you try to ride that thing first thing in the day, you're going to be waiting two hours. If you wait until 5 o'clock, waits 30, 45 minutes, which so I know that that was, that's not that great. That was the opposite but... for
0: us. When we got there, there was no one at Rise of Resistance, but we had to do the virtual queue. Gotcha. But yeah, the virtual queue was We didn't wait in line us. at all. We just went straight to the ride. It was, it was pretty crazy. But then, that, That's it, why we
1: got to ride it multiple times because the virtual queue was no more.
0: But then with Disneyland, it's the opposite. At the end of the day, it was packed. Gotcha. And flooded and no one could go.
1: I also was there during a weekday and right before Disney's 50th, 50th anniversary. So oh, that yeah. could be why as well. So we may have had a perfect time. We went on yeah. Monday. We, no, Sunday. We went on the Sunday. Um, first day we were at the park. That's the first place I had to go. That was the first thing we did was build a lightsaber. First thing we did was walk around, do Smuggler's Run, Rise of Resistance. And then, then we went on and did Rock and Roller Coaster, Tower of Terror and that kind of stuff.
0: Where where is it in Disney? Is it in Magic Kingdom?
1: Um, it's in Hollywood Studios. Oh, okay. Yeah,
0: yeah. We, they got rid of the Tower Terror here. They have the Guardians ride. Here. I'd
1: rather do that one. It looks more fun. fun.
0: It's they they make instead of it being like a haunted hotel, it's the collector's house or his museum. So you walk through and you see all his different species it, and stuff like that.
1: Then they're trying to, he's trying to make the Guardians part of the amusement or whatever.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it's great. It, it, it's so good. But yeah, for any of you listening or watching on the YouTube page, I'm trying to edit together a video of Rise of Resistance and the whole entire Galaxy's Edge that I can share. So I'll try and get it done maybe this week and share it so you guys can see because there's a lot of cool stuff there. Black Spire Outpost is cool. The Millennium Falcon. I also got to meet Ray, and Kylo said he approves of me, which is kind of cool. But <laughs> You'll get to see that later. Um, We kind of ran out of time today, but um, I want to thank you, Dean, for joining us. And since you didn't say at the top of the show, where can people find you and follow you?
1: Um, On Twitter, it can be at Four Legged Gamer. And then my YouTube channel, Four Legged Gamer, I don't upload there too much because real life makes it where I just don't want to edit a video too long. (laughs) So I'm very slow about putting those out. It's just like work takes all this time. So it's like, I'm going to take my time on this. So... I put out a video maybe once every three months <laughs> i
0: know it, it's tough man I mean, sometimes it's i don't even like editing the the audio edition of this it's time consuming but but yeah he's got some great videos there you guys should go check him out I'll, I'll link it below and um check out his twitter too he's got tons of great game updates on his twitter that you can check out as well as far as for han talks first if you guys are new here subscribe to the youtube so you don't miss a video or an episode we're live every sunday and have a new podcast episode and check us out on spotify apple amazon wherever the hell you listen to podcasts there is a new poll today so if you're listening uh the poll today is for should we have should future star wars movies have an opening crawl or not give your vote down below that's only on spotify so i'll try and see if there's an option for apple later on but again this was great thanks to anyone who joined us live in the chat good to see you guys uh thanks for joining us and hopefully we'll see you back again next week and uh thank you dean too for being here as well thanks for having me now my friends somehow some way somewhere this week may the force be with you so who talks first you talk first i talk first